Welcome to ADHD is over, a new podcast on a seemingly old label that we're going to be peeling off. Join my wife, Tatiana, and I as we journey with our family, the Wyden family, through the land of confusing information. We're going to visit both sides and let you decide because the power is with you. Welcome to ADHD is over. Hello and welcome back to the podcast. Glad to have you here. If you've been here before, you know the drill. We explore certain topics with guests and often I explore or download or rant around certain topics. And today is one of those rants, if you will. And this is around a recent news media announcement that the FDA finally adds addiction to black box warning on ADHD drugs. Now, this is just in May, June. Um, The Food and Drug Administration finally admitting that stimulants for ADHD are addictive. So I'm going to read a little bit from, from this article. That's also posted on our Facebook page. ADHD is over. This is May 17th of 23. The FDA has finally acknowledged ADHD drugs can cause addiction, even when used as prescribed. The agency is now requiring this information to be added to its black box warning on all stimulant drugs. According to Citizens Commission on Human Rights, CCHR, the FDA's label change regarding addiction is long overdue. I'm going to pause here. When a big and, you know, I think at times very controversial agency finally admits that these stimulants are addictive, then we have to assume that they've known this for years, that it took this long to get this approved, to move through all the red tape and all the bureaucracy and the political correctness and so forth, right, to finally Put this on the medication as a label. We know, you know, if you've ever tried to pass any kind of law or if you've ever tried to come to an agreement working at a a large, a big company, it takes time. So this has been going on for years. But first of all, I want to be grateful and say that I am happy to hear this. Our movement, ADHD is over, obviously supports in the first place transparency. Let's call it for what it is. I've said this for years and I've had many top level experts confirm this for years that ADHD medication, stimulant drugs for ADHD, create dependency and are addictive. And so when parents know this, they can be even you know more informed to make that decision to actually medicate a child. Again, I say this over and over. I'm not in general anti-medication. There are moments when I do believe we can be grateful for Western, you know, medicine, pharmaceutical drugs to be an emergency, a band-aid, right? Like in the case of pain or in the case of a surgery that really needs to happen or it's life-saving and so forth. 
I do believe that is a place for that type of medicine. And that's miraculous. So I'm not knocking that. What I do, however, have a problem with is when we use such medication for more than just a Band-Aid, when we use it long term, when we then create dependency and dependency just breeds addiction. Because an addiction, I always tell this to my children, it's a distraction we can no longer control. It's a dependency, right, that we've allowed to be created inside of our body if it's physical or our mind, psychological and so forth, right? So back to the FDA. So in order for them to admit finally that it is addictive is huge. I mean, it, it, it's huge. I'm going to continue reading here. The U.S. Drug Enforcement Administration, DEA, has categorized ADHD drugs as having a high potential for abuse since 1971. So they're like Schedule II drugs, you know, stimulants for ADHD. For example, it continues by saying current DEA Schedule II drugs include such highly addictive drugs as morphine, oxycodone, and fentanyl. And ADHD stimulant medications are in the same grouping of Schedule II drugs. Again, parents, very important to know. Not to say, oh yeah, but this is for ADHD. It doesn't matter what it's taken for. It has the same potency to become highly addictive, such as morphine, oxycodone, fentanyl, to name a few. Meth, crack, and so forth. While the new FDA warning is an improvement... The Citizens Commissions on Human Rights says it does not go far enough to address the well-documented risks of stimulant drugs and the agency's lagging in updating its warnings. Since 1995, the DEA has also warned that ADHD drugs can cause psychotic episodes, violent behavior, and bizarre mannerisms. Again, this is the Drug Enforcement Agency. Has been telling us that since 1995. Still, the new FDA warning on addiction should raise red flags, considering 9.5 million Americans have been prescribed ADHD drugs, including millions of children and teens. It is particularly relevant, considering the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention, this is the CDC, has been reporting on stimulant overdose deaths since at least 2010, including drugs commonly prescribed for ADHD. The latest figures show that overdose deaths from stimulants have tripled in just five years, going from 10,255 deaths in 2017 up to 32,478 in 2022. So remember, these are 32,478 humans that have had an overdose death from um, stimulant medication. That is not 500 people or 35 people. That's almost 33,000 people in one year. This is last year, 2022. Again, no need to freak out. No need to go into any kind of conspiracy here. It's just a number that shows us there's a huge issue that we've been ignoring. That's all that is. So the previous black box warning noted ADHD drugs had potential for abuse and dependence. Keep that in mind, potential for abuse and dependence. The new warning cites the potential for abuse, misuse, and addiction. So we went from potential 
for abuse and dependence to potential for abuse, misuse, and addiction. So that's a stronger warning. Finally admitting, okay, maybe those numbers, those 33,000 deaths from overdose of stimulating, maybe there's a problem and we should probably put a stronger black label box, uh, you know, uh, warning on there. Again, happy to hear this. Let's continue. Furthermore, the FDA drug safety communication on the updated warning states, even when prescribed to treat an indicated disorder, their use can lead to misuse or abuse, obviously. But again, the addiction is the most important thing here. So um, this, this, this whole thing that we're talking about, and here's one of the main points coming up, right? And I've said this for years, and experts I've had on the podcast have said this for years. This, what the FDA just um, declared that they would now be committed to doing, right? This announcement of the addiction around stimulant drugs actually counters claims such as those made by the pharmaceutically funded children and adults with attention deficit disorders, this is CHAD, C-H-A-D-D, as in their 2022 statement, research shows ADHD meds do not increase substance use risks. You have to get, first of all, what or who CHAD is. And you can Google that. I'm not going to go into this here, but it's called Children and Adults with Attention Deficit Disorder. One of the biggest proponents of the label and medication, right, as an organization. And only last year they said research shows ADHD meds do not increase substance use risks. Now you have to wonder, what research are you referring to? Are you potentially cherry-picking research based on the interest groups that you are pleasing? Potentially, right? Because if now the FDA counters that claim a year later, things are off, right? Which again, our whole point of this movement is to say, parents, don't just take things for granted that you hear, especially in the mainstream news. Don't take it for granted. Question it. Because if you have the FDA and CHAD, one of the biggest organizations around ADHD, contradict each other within a year around the 33,000 death rate of children and adults who have been dis, you know, prescribed stimulant medications, that's a huge deal. That's not to be, oh, well, that's just somebody else's study and blah, 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 right? No, this is huge. This is huge. Um, the late Dr. Richard Saul, a pediatrician and neurologist, stated that addiction to stimulant medication is not rare. It is common. The drug's addictive qualities are obvious. We only need to observe the many patients who are forced to periodically increase their dosage. The CCHR says consumers need direct access to information on psychopharmaceutical side effects. They could access information from the FDA if only they knew where to find it. So I went to um, the FDA's website and there was a post on uh, May 11th and it's called FDA Updating Warnings to Improve Safe Use of Prescription Stimulants Used to Treat ADHD and Other Conditions. Now, it's a lot of information, and you have to kind of go through it all, and it's, it's mind-numbing, and it's a boring-looking website. So, But I'll, I'll put the uh, link in the show notes so you can inform yourself. But see, most of us don't have the time to do that. That's why we do this podcast. 
I'm not going to go into detail here because this is such an obvious topic that we're talking about. It's so obviously now a given that the FDA is admitting admitting something um, that beforehand they've supported research that uh, pretty much counters this new action. So one has to wonder what happened? What had them suddenly turn around? Again, I'm grateful they did. But it's going to cause a little bit of friction for all these websites, all these organizations to go back and say, wait a minute, let's see here. So if this is not true, we may have to remove our wording, right? It wouldn't surprise me if the Chad has already removed uh, that statement. Research shows ADHD meds do not increase substance use risks. They've probably already changed that on their website. I don't have time or energy to go there and look for it, but um, that would be my guess. Um, so here's a few of the side effects that, uh, um, you know, that, that, uh, the FDA is basically admitting to, right? So first of all, a huge known side effect is mental psychiatric problems for all patients. It's new or worse behavior and thought problems, new or worse, aggressive behavior or hostility in children and teenagers. There are new psychotic symptoms, such as hearing voices, believing that things things that are not true, things are suspicious, or new manic symptoms. These are all known side effects, have been for a long time. So when shit happens in our world and teenagers go crazy or people go crazy, uh, we often overlook the fact that they were on stimulant drugs, whether it's for ADHD or depression or uh, anxiety or any mental disorder, right? We often overlook that and go like, well, that's not really, that's not really why this person went out and shot up a whole school. Well, maybe it's not the main reason, but if we read those side effects, obviously it has an impact on a human being's psychology, right? To hear voices, to believe things that are not true or to be suspicious or paranoid or have these manic symptoms in children and teenagers, obviously that can't result in a, in a, (laughs) in a good outcome, right? Um, so I want to just take a break here and um, talk about, this is only months ago, I had read an article uh, in the free press, and I'll post that one as well in the show notes, and it's already on our Facebook page, uh, America's Love Affair with Adderall, and inside of that article, they had also um, had a little uh, blip about the FDA, and it said that... uh, um, The agency also warns that people who don't have ADHD but take Adderall to enhance studying or partying run the risk of addiction. Well, if they're saying if you don't have ADHD and you abuse it, you're under risk of addiction, well then, my friends, the risk of addiction is for anyone using that particular medication because it is a drug and it doesn't matter if you have what they call an ADHD brain or not. It doesn't matter. It's an addictive substance. That's the whole point here, right? But they've been kind of doing this for years where they just kind of what I call pussyfoot around it and, you know, make up these statements and potential for and it might in certain cases and da 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 da. And I think now what's breathing down their neck or what, what has been breathing down their neck is just these high numbers of people showing addiction, these high numbers of 
deaths from an overdose of stimulant medication and so forth, right? So it's not about, oh, people are abusing it and that's why we see addiction, that's why we see death. Well, yes, and it's a highly addictive, dangerous, very psychologically and physically damaging drug for a lot of people, not for everybody, but for a lot of people. And who is to decide what number is enough? Was it 30,000 that was finally like, oh shit, now we're over 30. Who decides that, you know, do we stop after 500 people or is it 15,000? I mean, you tell me. I will do a little bit more research into that, but what? who is the judge to say, well, this number is now enough, right? Who is the enough person? It's an interesting question. Right now, obviously, it's the FDA and probably the internal workings of the FDA, the committees and so forth, getting past the red tape and, you know, staying as politically correct as possible to not lose their funding or their donors or whatever, their political subscription, prescriptions, whatever. So really, that's what it comes down to. So I just wanted to do a quick rant around that and just remind parents, look, first of all, medication is a band-aid. It's a temporary substance or relief from uh, something that I believe should be an emergency. So if you're two working parents, totally stressed out, you can't quit your jobs, you're so in it, and your child has ADHD and you just don't have time to go to principal's office and you just you just can't handle it and, and, and the child is, is, you know, bouncing off the walls and you decide to medicate for a few months as a Band-Aid, that's okay if in parallel you are strategizing and creating a plan to calm down your lives. Because again, this is my belief, this is our belief here with ADHD is over, that the environment that a child grows up in has everything to do with how their nervous system reacts. And if it's a hectic environment, doesn't have to be, it's it, trauma is, doesn't have to be a capital T trauma like abuse or, right, uh, arguing, yelling, uh, you know, it doesn't have to be a divorce, doesn't have to be the capital T traumas that, that, that affect us powerfully. It can be as simple as two stressed parents that are rarely emotionally available or rarely present. That is also a trauma, traumatic event. That's more of a frog boiling in hot water where it's just minimally daily drip of, of stress, right? That, that puts the nervous system in the defense mode. So again, if a family like that decides to medicate for a while like a Band-Aid, and in parallel, they are strategizing and planning and putting actions into place to calm down the family, calm themselves down, which eventually co-regulates with their child's nervous system that calms them, them down. Now, I don't really have a problem with that. The problem is that most parents believe, because we've been sold this, this lie, that unless you medicate your child with ADHD for life, they're not going to have a good life. They're not going to be productive members of society. They're going to end up in jail and do drugs, right? That's the, that's the lie we've been told. And we actually literally have been told that lie from the school that told us seven years ago that our son had ADHD and that if we didn't medicate him, he would end up a druggie and in jail. Those were the words. And I know many of you have been told the same lie. That is not true. 
There's no science to back this up. In contrary, there's been a 30-year study by Nadine Lambert at Berkeley who proved the opposite, that it was actually children that were medicated for ADHD with stimulant drugs that ended up being the ones more likely as adults to self-medicate, to drink, to smoke, to do drugs, and even end up in jail. A 30-year study most people don't know about because it was never officially published because Nadine Lambert died in an accident before she was able to do so. But that information's on the internet. You can look that up. And so when you hear things like that as a parent, you freak out. And we're here to say, look, the FDA is now admitted it's an, it's, it's an addictive substance. So use it carefully, just like you would use oxycodone or a pain medication. Um, a friend of mine just had a, a surgery. He cut his finger in an accident and he was so in so much pain. He took an oxycodone. But he told himself he would be on this for a couple days and he would then wean himself off and do some Advil and, you know, naturally let it heal and the pain would get less. And then he's off of it. But some people get addicted to it because it's, it's an addictive substance. And same with the ADHD stimulant medications, right? If you as a parent are aware of the fact that they are addictive and that you have to treat them with such caution because you're now also giving it to, some parents are giving it to four, five, six-year-old children. The brain is still developing during that time. So a younger brain is going to get addicted quicker. And also this idea of a child thinking, oh, I need this pill so that people accept me or love me because if I don't have it they're all mad at me and if I don't have it I don't get good grades I'm not good enough they're starting to build an internal dialogue right this tape that they're going to keep playing over and over in their lives as adults of like I'm not good enough I'm too much people don't like me unless I'm on my medication now everything is fine that's called a dependency without even going into any conspiracy or any pro-medication anti-medication that is scientifically, medically, that is a dependency on a substance to feel whole. That is what we're saying. Be careful with, dear parents. Don't just listen to the mainstream loud bullhorn that spits out these sound bites. Oh, it's, it's genetic. Oh, medication's the only effective thing. Oh, it's for life. And if you don't medicate, then this, and right? And it improves academic performance. No, none of that has been proven. There have been scientific studies that certain interest groups have taken and cherry-picked from. Like when they say uh, uh, academic improvement, there's a study that says, you know, in, in a few years, uh, they do the homework and they get the grades and they're doing fine. But over long term, after like six or eight years, the studies actually prove the opposite. But often when this study is cited by these so-called experts... Uh, they only use the short-term part of the study to say, see, it's academically, uh, the, it's, it enhances performance. But over long, longer periods of time, it doesn't. So what do you believe here? You know, uh, ADHD medications don't have that effect on just ADHD people. Even so-called non-ADHD brains or people who take uh, uh, stimulant drugs or who just use them to study or use them to party or whatever has the same effect on their brain. So these medications aren't actually specifically ADHD drugs. That's another thing that you can research throughout history 
these drugs were not created for ADHD and they just showed these side effects of like, oh, this actually made somebody really focused, right? But that doesn't make it an ADHD medication. That makes it an ADHD, a medication that we now say should be taken when someone has this thing called ADHD, right? So those are all little, little nuances. Those are all little atoms we have to split, especially as parents, before we give something this strong and this addictive to our, our little ones, right? So again, this is not a pro or, or, or con on medication. This is a more information, dear parents, to make an informed decision, right? Are you gonna use it as a Band-Aid? Or are you going to try to use this, this thing as a quick fix and long-term solution so that you can continue your hectic lives? Because let me tell you something. Here's a recent revelation I had because I'm no longer in the business of arguing with the experts on the other side, trying to see, you know, my study is bigger than your study. And, you know, I'm not interested in that anymore. There was a time and a place where I thought this might be uh, the way to win this fight. I'm not in a fight here anymore. I'm just here to relay information to you, the listener. And what I'm here to say is that even if we can't ever agree on the cause or the causes of ADHD, here's something that I believe most or all conscious parents could agree on. So if we take our children, our ADHD children, and we look at them as a check engine light of the family. If we stop and look at our lives and our family, the dynamics of it all, we're going to become aware of what actually needs to change anyway in our environment, in our family, in order for all of us to live a more calm, centered, authentic life. So what's there to lose by first going the alternative route by saying, I'm not going to drug right now. I'm not going to label right now. We're going to do everything possible to change the things in our family that are not calm, that are not centered around being present and emotionally available, that are not in a, in, authentic, you know, and that includes a marriage. Maybe the marriage is on the rocks, but it's not being acknowledged. Maybe the parenting style is not working. Maybe the school that your child is in is not the right school for your child. Maybe the diet is off in the family or with the children or with the adults. Maybe one of the adults is addicted and can't be present to the child. Like there's so many aspects that I believe we owe it to our children first to co-regulate those areas in our lives as a family so that we can first try that and see what happens. And I'm a big believer because that's what we did. That's what our family decided to do. That when you look at your child more of a check engine light and not a problem, like the child is not the problem, but it's a check engine light pointing out that there's a lot of distress, disorder in the family, not in the child's brain. Even that's scientifically not proven. They've tried, but again, those, those studies are cherry-picked. There is no thing in the brain that is the ADHD. There's only brains that are wired a certain way based on what those brains had to go through to be what it is now, today. And usually that, lead, that points to childhood trauma or trauma in general. So if the child is a check engine light and simply points out 
where the issues are, where the distress, the disorder, all the things in the family that do not create a loving, calm, present, grounded environment. And if we do that work first, I believe miracles can happen. We've seen our son's hyperactivity and impulsivity that he was told to have and that he supposedly had this disorder called ADHD. That's all dissolved over seven years with no medication, but with a lot of work, a lot of internal family work, a lot of work, but it was so worth it and it continues to be. And if you do that work for years and it's not easy, but that's our calling as parents. I believe that if we have an ADHD child in our family, a child's there for a reason. Again, it's a check engine light. Wake up, wake up. Everybody wake up. What's not in harmony? If we do that work first, I guarantee you miracles. If it doesn't show up, if you do a few years of that work and things are worse, things are not working, then try medication. Why not? Try it out as a Band-Aid. At the same time, I, I suggest in parallel, you still strategize on an alternative way so that the, the medication becomes simply a temporary Band-Aid so that you can do that work, right? So that you can do strategize. So that's all I wanted to say for today. I hope you got some value out of this. Stay informed. More to come. I look forward to having you back. Have an amazing day. Until next time. Cheers. Cheers.